Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. <laughs> hey guys, oh my god, a hundred, no, one hour and 26 minutes yesterday. Longest episode ever. I'm hoping that this one will be a little bit less than that, or maybe a lot less than that. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, I wanted to make a couple of uh, corrections from yesterday. Uh, The number one thing I needed to say is the sun does not revolve around the earth. (laughs) The earth rotates and it appears that the sun is going around us. All of the planets go around the sun. In fact, Galileo did not... Galileo Galilei did not spend 20 years locked in a, t- in a tower jailed by the Vatican for me to believe that in the wrong way. <laughs> I am very dyslexic. It is a learning disability. Never fear, though. People with dyslexia and learning disabilities tend to be smarter than the average bear. (laughs) But I, uh, yeah, I wanted to apologize for that. When I went back and I listened to the episode, I was like, what? That's not correct. I can't believe I said that. But, you know, I get in the moment and I get on a roll and I forget all right, I have dyslexia, so it comes out in my mind it's straight, but then it comes out of my mouth crooked <laughs> sometimes. So when I make an obvious mistake like that, I just want you guys to know that sometimes it's just the dyslexia kicking in. But um, I wanted to also uh, mention that I was talking about woods and the different rates at which they burn. And I had a weird observation after I, when I was laying in bed last night. And that observation was that the faster growing woods are also the fastest burning woods. And I have a feeling that if a tree is growing really, really rapidly, it's possible that it's pulling in sun rapidly, faster. And that's how it's able to shoot up faster. I don't know. It's a really weird thing. I don't know what we could connect this to later, but um, for example, it takes an um, uh, oak tree, a walnut tree. It takes a walnut is also very uh, fast, I mean, a very uh, slow-burning wood. It's extremely slow-burning. I mean, we had walnut 
one night we put it in and eight hours later this huge chunk of walnut wood was still burning in the fireplace and it hadn't been turned to ash in eight hours in our wood burning um, stove and we were really shocked about that and I remember thinking that being a huge thing like oak will burn almost all night if it's a big enough piece and you could put a huge piece of pine and it's gone in an hour so pine trees grow really rapidly in fact um, oh there's these other trees that they use to make paper it's they're faster growing than pine but they're filled with water and that's why they burn super fast but they grow like two and a half feet per year they, they're very popular in Oregon you could I think they're called poplar trees and they they grow um, they're really skinny and they grow really tall really fast but they also burn super fast and then I was thinking that walnut burns uh, longer but it takes 50 years to grow a walnut tree before it's ready to even be made into veneer I have I'm so filled with bizarre facts but I think somehow we can relate this to something else so I'm throwing out this weird knowledge that I have and I'm gonna be thinking about this in my subconscious mind until the time comes in which this is actually useful and actually helpful for us but it makes me wonder it makes me wonder maybe food that pulls in sun faster that grows faster is healthier for us because it contains more light and as you know when something contains more light it helps you become more enlightened (laughs) you can grow faster when you have more light in you so anyway that was just it's it's neither here nor there at the moment but I feel like it's gonna go into something later it'll be something important later um okay so the third thing from last night is that for men because I was thinking about how my my twin and I are doing this energy exchange and I haven't even met him yet but I feel it and I was trying to give him love from my heart directly from my heart to his heart and the flow wasn't correct and I was feeling really frustrated with that like there's something wrong like how come he's not accepting my love (laughs) and it had nothing to do with that he wasn't accepting it you know whether he's consciously aware that I exist or not I don't know but I just when I stopped pushing it and I started to feel the flow it was going from his heart to mine and from the back of my heart to the back of his heart so now I'm thinking when we're doing this uh, exercise and meditation with the Sun from the uh, Sun episode I did yesterday I have a feeling that for men it might be more helpful to pull in the energy of the Sun through the back of their hearts and out the front and through the body but from the back if that makes sense so like the energy will flow from the back of the man's heart all the way up through the head and down the arms and down through the legs and then out the front and then that might be the way that the energy flows more naturally for a man 
and maybe for a woman we pull it into our heart it's just something that struck me it's just something that really struck me my uh, dear dear friend Jenny told me many years ago she said girlfriend I gotta tell you something I don't want you ever to give away the back of your heart to a man always reserve that part for you only give a man the front of your heart and it was such a weird thing to say that it really always struck with me it stuck with me it struck me hard and stuck with me see dyslexia but I feel like with your twin flame it's something that happens automatically but your twin flame supplies the front of your heart as you give away the back of your heart and I think it's just the way the natural energy flows so that kind of leads me into tonight's topic and tonight's topic is relationships now in the next um, the next coming couple weeks we're going to go over um, narcissism what is it in sociopath sociopathy and how to avoid these kind of people from ruining your life it's extremely important because most people are not aware in fact I have a degree in psychology and I thought that a narcissist was someone that just was uh, into themselves but I didn't understand all the intense implications as far as relating to other people in the world and how badly a narcissist can absolutely hurt you I knew about gaslighting which is an excellent and interesting movie to watch, by the way. An old black and white movie called Gaslight. <laughs> a man tries to make his wife feel like uh, she's going crazy. So he'll tell her to shut off all the gaslights because this is before electricity. Where the movie the movie is set in time before electricity. <laughs> and so he'll tell her turn off the lights and then while she's asleep he'll go turn them on again and go and wake her up and go I thought I told you to turn off all the lights and he'd use that as a way to make her think that she's crazy and it's called gaslighting from that movie I believe <laughs> so <laughs> if only I could write movies that will be used in psychological jargon in the future <laughs> like how amazing is that that writer man he might be rolling over in his grave every time someone says the word gaslight but in coming weeks I'm going to talk about that I'm going to talk about all of the mean little tricks that narcissists use to throw you off your game and to get you to doubt yourself and to get you to walk on eggshells around them so they can control and manipulate you we're probably going to go over that um, probably next week, next Wednesday. And then the following Wednesday, we're going to go over boundaries and how to 
set up your own boundaries so that narcissists can't cross into your yard. <laughs> they can't hop your fence, <laughs> your defenses. <laughs> because um, it's super important. It's one of those things that if you take heed, you can avoid for the rest of your life really bad relationships with toxic people. But after this, because this is Valentine's week, <laughs> after uh, we take a break right now, I'm going to go ahead and talk to you about all of the different ways that, um, or all the different things that you can do and ways that you can behave in a loving, healthy, wonderful relationship to keep the romance alive, keep the honeymoon period going, and to have a long-lasting, long-term, beautiful and loving relationship. How do you keep the love fresh? So, <laughs> I hope you guys keep your ears perked up. Go grab your... Uh, hot chocolate, your popcorn, <laughs> or your light and healthy snack, whatever, celery, because <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. Uh, hopefully it's not going to be more than an hour long tonight, but I, last night took so long I ended up getting it out a half hour late, but um, hopefully it was worth it. It was fun making the solar one. <laughs> so... All right, when I come back, we're going to get right into it. All right, guys, let's get into it. Um, true love starts with you. You have to walk into a relationship with your self-esteem, your sense of self-worth, and self-confidence intact. And the goal in any relationship is to hold all of these things <clears throat> inside you at all times. You have to keep your equilibrium and your balance. So you got to pull your weight. You got to, you know, be willing to uh, row your side of the boat. If you are doing the only one rowing, you're going to go in a circle and get nowhere. <laughs> if you're on, you know, if each of you are in on uh, side by side and you're paddling a canoe and one of you stops paddling, that's what's going to happen. So if you're pulling the weight of everybody else in the family or in the relationship, it's not going to work out because eventually you're going to collapse under the weight of not only your own responsibilities, but of that of the other person as well. And likewise, if you're <laughs> the person who, uh, the minute they're not looking, you drop your oar in the water. <laughs> to continue the metaphor, what's going to happen is they're going to feel so much pressure 
that the relationship will cease to be fun for them anymore and it's going to end. They'll leave you. They will kick you to the curb. So you have to avoid that by be will, being willing to carry yourself and know that you're okay by yourself. And if you're not okay by yourself, while you're still single, get okay. You got to get okay by yourself. Now, I'll probably in future episodes talk about how to work on your self-worth, self-esteem, and self-confidence. But that that's going to be another hour <laughs> if I went into it now. So we'll, we'll keep it for probably for March. March seems like a self-esteem month. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, you have to be solid. And you have to love yourself. That's how all of those other things happen anyway, isn't it? You have to love yourself completely. And part of that is to be filled with acceptance of yourself. And that just doesn't mean only like the good, you know, hey, I got good hair, but I hate my body. No. You got to accept every part of yourself. I read a story a couple years ago about an extremely beautiful woman who had a very desirable man at her side. And she took him for granted and she thought, well, she's so beautiful, he would never leave her. And she was like a lawyer or something. Had And he had a lot of money. They both had a lot of money. And she was independent. She had everything going for her. But he left her. And uh, next thing she knows, this guy um, was with a woman who, like, only had a part-time job, didn't have a lot of money. And she dressed okay. But she was significantly overweight. And the initial woman was crushed. Absolutely just devastated that this man would want to be with the overweight woman. And after years of being with this beautiful woman and then leaving her, he was with this overweight woman who, in her opinion, wasn't all that, quote-unquote, and within six months, he asked her to ask the new woman to marry him. And it took her a while to have the insight that she loved herself. She carried the weight in the relationship, not, okay, not figured, <laughs> not literally. Well, okay, maybe literally, but I mean, I didn't mean it literally. <laughs> she carried, she, she rode her side of the boat. She didn't base the relationship on how great she was in bed or her sexy looks or her thinness or her beauty. She carried her half of the relationship by having confidence and self-esteem and a genuine desire and interest in this man. 
And that's a good place to start with this, right? <laughs> because a relationship of two always starts with you. <laughs> you can't love anyone else until you learn to love yourself. You can't learn to run until you've learned to crawl and then walk and then run. There's steps. There's steps to everything. So we're going to go over uh, self-love in the future. That might be a whole episode on its, on its own. What do you need to do to love yourself? But after you uh, love yourself and you have all that in place and you are able to move forward and get involved with a man or a woman that you have a lot in common with, you have to understand uh, what does it take to be in a long-term relationship. Now, some people will say, well, no sleeping together on the first date or, you know, no sex until you have a commitment. <laughs> Patty Stanger, I'm listening. <laughs> good old Patty. She's got some good rules. You know, I, I agree with her. <laughs> with a lot of her rules but I've heard of relationships that started hot and heavy in the beginning and the couple slept together on the first date and 50 years later they're still together <laughs> and I've heard of people who've been together for a year before they get you know or wait to have sex till they got married and they have marital problems some people wait two or three years to have sex with each other and they still have marital problems. <laughs> you can still get a divorce. I mean, so it's case by case basis. I mean, I say don't sleep with someone right away, but you know, I haven't been married 50 years. I don't know. You know, everyone is different. Everyone's an individual and every situation is different. But I think in general, it's a good rule to wait to get to know the other person you have to really really get to know the other person you have to have a decent discussion with the other person lots of discussions so I mean there might even be a questionnaire you can write <laughs> pass it out to your partner <laughs> I'm like such a Virgo this is something that appeals to me so so I think my smile has a smile right now. <laughs> and the thought of doing extra paperwork. <laughs> Collating them copies, baby. <laughs> but <laughs> you could just write this down on the back of a napkin if you want, but you should figure this out. The first six months to a year of any relationship is about getting to know the other person. I talked about it last week. You have to get to know their moods over the course of a year. <laughs> you know, are they suicidal around every Easter time? Do they, you know, go on a drunken two-week binge of booze and drugs around Christmas time? This is stuff you need to know. It's really important. You know, like I had a friend who, I, I already mentioned this in some other episode, that 
you know, once a year, he's in bed for like a week in April because he has so much back pain. And he says, I don't know why it just happens to me every April. I don't even know if he still figured it out. I know that I always get depressed um, in August around uh, the time that Elvis died. Not only because I loved Elvis so much, but also I had a miscarriage when I was really young about uh, August 16th around that day. I think it was on that day, actually. So even though I grew up and I had my kids, I still kind of get in a little funky mood around that day every year, you know? So it's stuff like that. Like You just kind of get to know the person, and it takes time. You can't know somebody in three weeks and have a whirlwind romance because in six months it might not be there. So you have to have discussions and you have to understand the other person on a very, very deep and profound level. So in order to have a long-term, healthy, loving relationship that's going to last long-term, if not a lifetime, you have to understand if they're there for you and for a reason, a season, or a lifetime, which I talked about before. Again, that's not my idea. But if you decide they're there for a reason, then it's not going to last. And if they're for a season, it'll last a while. You have to be okay with that. And sometimes it's always hindsight is 50-50. Or is it, or no, I'm sorry, hindsight is 20-20. <laughs> I don't know what kind of sight is 50-50. <laughs> Nearsighted or farsighted. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, basically, the discussions that you have to have are as follows. Do you want children? You have to know this for yourself. Does your partner want children? Does your partner already have children? And if so, are the children in the home? And if the children are not in the home, are you okay with them moving into the home later? If your partner, if you guys are older and your partner um, has kids that are in their 20s, what happens when they lose their job and they come home? Are you okay with that? And also, if you guys are older, if you have aging parents, are you okay with uh, mom and pop coming to live with you? Are they okay with it? Are they okay with your your, uh, mother and dad living there? If it comes to that? These are really serious discussions. (laughs) I lived with my husband for 13 years, and when we first got involved... I had no idea that his dad was going to eventually live with us for 12 freaking years. (laughs) My entire marriage, we had to make sure we had to keep it down at a certain hour in case dad might be sleeping. Holy crap, that is no way to live. It's a discussion you need to have uh, pretty early on. If it's a deal breaker for you, you got to know up front if that's going to happen or not. You know, what if uh, his mom has a stroke and you end up changing her diapers? I mean, this is some serious crap. (laughs) No pun intended. This is some serious stuff you got to learn. You got to learn about the other person. You got to think about it. 
long and hard, you got to really, you know, would you be willing to sacrifice for this person's uh, happiness? And are they willing to sacrifice for yours? If you don't want kids or you can't have kids and you're both okay with that, what about animals? What about pets? I mean, you don't want to marry someone and then the next day as a gift they bring you a bird and you have a deathly allergic reaction to the birds and you already knew that. Or what if you're terrified of birds and they bring you a baby chick on Easter? That would be like the worst thing ever. <laughs> or if you're terrified of dogs. So you got to learn like what kind of animals you like. Do you want pets? Do you want children? And if you want pets and children, are you going to live in the city? Or are you going to live in the countryside? Are you going to live in the city for five years and then in the sixth year move to the country? Or move out of the country? You have to know where you both are going to want to live. Where you're going to want to live uh, for the next year, for the next five years, for the next ten years. And where do you want to retire eventually? It's like really important stuff. I mean, some of the stuff, uh, this can make or break a relationship down the line if you don't discuss it in advance. So you have to know the person's life plans lifestyle plans and also their career goals and retirement goals. This stuff is like super important, even when you're young, especially when you're young. Planning for your retirement when you're young is really, really wise. Did I do it? Oh, hell no. <laughs> am I paying for it now? Yeah, I am. I had an opportunity when I was 18 years old to start a fund to just add like, I was like $20 a month. If I had started that and like stuck with it, my God, I'd have so much money right now. And I just didn't, you know, I, the guy talked me out of it. Well, you're young yet. You could do this in five or six years. So he told me, and I'm so regretful that I didn't do that actually. And that brings me to another point, money style, money spending style. Uh, is your partner somebody who makes a lot of money and saves it to the point of being a hoarder? <laughs> like he does, does he have, or, you know, does she have like $5 million stashed away somewhere in a Bitcoin account you don't know anything about? And she complains about you having an extra hot dog when you go to New York to visit the street vendors. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, is she a penny pincher? Does she throw nickels around like they're manhole covers? <laughs> My first boyfriend said that once. I laughed so hard. I never forgot it. <laughs> You know, um, is your is your partner someone who makes 
10 million a year and at the end of the year they only have half a million in the bank? Is your partner someone who's unemployed and never has had a job? Are you okay with that? You know, does your partner just want to be like um, a low level worker the rest of his or her life without any goals or ambitions for a career? Are you okay with that? What about you? You know, do you never want to work a day in your life? You want your partner to take care of you financially? If you're both okay with that, there's nothing wrong with that. You got to pull your weight in other areas and, and then in that case. So you got to figure out all the different components of a relationship before you um, 100% commit to marriage. If you're just having fun and that's what you both want right now, that's fine. You got to check in with each other once in a while. Have the relationship conversation. Every week is not necessary. <laughs> that will kill a relationship. Ladies, are you hearing me? <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't mean to be sexist. Plenty of men want the relationship conversation. <laughs> Sometimes more so than the women. You know, so what about religion? Do you want to <clears throat> both... Uh, be, are, are you both already Jewish? And if so, are you going to attend temple only on holidays, on the high holidays? Or are you going to go to temple uh, every week, every Sabbath? Will every Sabbath be holy in your house? <laughs> what if you're a Catholic? Does that mean that every Christmas Eve you go to Catholic Midnight Mass? I'm not Catholic, and I want to go to Midnight Mass every year. I think it's cool. There's a special energy and feeling on, on a Midnight Mass. Try it sometime, even if you're not Catholic. No one's going to notice. Most of, most of the Catholics I know are drunk anyway on that day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, partially kidding. Okay, it's me. I'm just kidding. It's not me. <laughs> I don't show up in public drunk <laughs> often. Okay, not at church. <laughs> but, I mean, are you both uh, agnostic? Maybe one of you is an atheist. My first husband told me if I ever started to believe in God and I ever got religious or spiritual, he would leave me. Well, guess what happened, folks? <laughs> I was a deeply, profoundly spiritual person most of my life, and I went through a two-year period in which I was agnostic. I was done searching for a while because I had grown weary. I wasn't meeting God. I wasn't finding God. I was frustrated. And the, that, those two years, well, you could probably say were the dark night of my soul. <laughs> and I met and married my first husband during that period. So I, I'm like, oh, no chance of that, Jack. I'm, you know, hey, I'm, a, I'm agnostic. Oh, God, if there is a God, may my soul, if I have a soul, go to heaven if there is a heaven. <laughs> I don't know if it exists or doesn't exist. I'm not going to say absolutely it doesn't exist. I want to hedge my bets. 
<laughs> so I'll say a prayer randomly. I don't know if it's going to work or not. <laughs> and then I had a near-death experience. And I saw an angel. And I'll be doing a show on that eventually. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm writing that down. N-D-E. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's something that you need to consider. Are you on a break from God and then you, you're going to get back to it later, possibly? If something happens? These are things you need to know of your partner and of yourself. You've got to know yourself really well if you're considering a marriage or a long-term partnership. So... Can two people that have a different money spending or saving style get together and be together forever? Yes, but you have to accept each other for it. And uh, T. Harvecker has an amazing program that's absolutely free. I highly recommend it. It's the Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. It's a three-day workshop. He'll try to sell you books while you're there. All the books are excellent. He'll try to sell you programs while you're there. I couldn't afford them, but my friend did. And he told me they were all excellent. Changed his life. What that that will do for you is uh, it will put you on a path that you will both have the same money blueprint. And you create a situation in which you have the same exact money saving and spending style and you will never have a fight about money if you are both on board with this program and it's very deeply spiritual actually I mean I thought it was logical so I went to to the seminar and I loved it and then I realized once I got there for the three days, it was, oh my gosh, it was profoundly spiritual, changed my life in many, many ways. But it's something to know, you know, something to note. So religion, kids, money, career. What if one of you has an extremely demanding career? Is the other one of you willing to give it up? Are you willing to compromise? What if you end up living uh, on opposite coasts or opposite ends of the world for a while? Can you handle long distance if that will be the case? Or one of you follow the other one? As long as you're balanced, that won't be a problem. But if you're willing to give up everything for your partner, you're going to lose yourself. And they don't really win either because then they feel so responsible and you become like a heavy weight around their neck and you're both going to drown together until he cuts you loose and rises to the surface alone to breathe again. You got to be very careful. He or she, you know, or they, you know, interchange whatever um, gender you wish to... uh, (laughs) <laughs> here in your mind as I speak, by the way. 
I don't mean this to be all cisgendered, but you know, sometimes it's hard to have a gender gender neutral conversation. But I wanted to uh, just bring that up real quickly. So, where are you going to live? I mean, do you have your heart set on Connecticut? And he's got his heart set on the Bahamas? What about retirement? Cold climate or hot climate or something in the middle? You know, if you're a desert person and you can't get enough of the hot sun and the, and the sand and your partner, she prefers snow and a place of four seasons and a lot of greenery, who's going to compromise? Is it possible to do both? How much money do you have saved? How much money does your partner have saved? Is she willing to scrimp and save so that you guys can build your dream house together? Do you want to build a dream house together? Do you want to rent an apartment forever? See, these are all kinds of questions. So so basically, where you're going to live right now, in five years, in ten years, and during retirement. Those are the questions. And what about vacation? Are you going to plan the vacations together? Are you the vacation planner? Or are you completely clueless? when it comes to uh, renting a hotel or you know arranging anything are you guys going to just call a travel agent and have the travel agent do it for you that's always a possibility what if your partner wants to go on cruises and she is adamant that every single vacation has to be on a boat and you get seasick <laughs> So this is what I mean by really, truly digging in deep and really getting to know each other on every level. And if you want to be a super Virgo about it, and this idea makes me so excited. I feel like I have several light bulbs in my head going off right now. (laughs) I mean, I'm ruled by Mercury, baby. I'm a communicator. (laughs) But what if you guys got a notebook each? Go out and buy your relationship notebooks together and write these questions down and more come up with as many you know come up with 20 questions and write the question at the top of each page and leave two pages per question and and you write your answer and they'll write their answer maybe get one notebook and do this and then compare the notes Figure it out. Do something. You know, do a fun. You know, fun exercise. Make it fun. Maybe do five questions every Saturday until you're exhausted and you don't have any more questions. And you're and you're sure you're so compatible. That's definitely going to work. What about spiritual things? Are you really into astrology and numerology? And she thinks it's a load of hooey. <laughs> You're a woo-woo freak and they think it's all hooey. Are you cool with that? Can you live with that the rest of your life? Are they a Republican and you're a Democrat? That could divide a household right quick. (laughs) Come election time. You're going to cancel each other out. Might as well stay home and have sex. 
<laughs> if your votes are going to cancel each other out, right? Does he or she respect your food choices? Like Ralph Smart says, she's got to respect my plate. She doesn't respect that I am a vegan, 100% vegan, and she wants to eat ice cream in front of me and go out for steak. This isn't going to work out. We could never go out to eat together. That's your thing. Is your situation such that you are insistent that the only reason you have a kitchen in your home is because it came with the house free? (laughs) Do you want to eat out or order food in every day? And you don't care if if you have a set of pots and pans or not? Or on the contrary, maybe you're a chef, you're a gourmet chef, or maybe you just like to cook and you're just an amateur, but you love cooking. And your partner always wants to eat out. That's a lifestyle choice, right? Deciding to spend all your uh, extra money on eating out and going on vacation all the time. Or saving it up and going on vacation one week a year and eating out once a month. And that goes back to the money issue as well. Also, another another thing uh, as far as lifestyle is concerned, what are you guys going to do on the weekends together? Are you going to join a bowling league for couples? That could be fun. <laughs> or are you going to go watch horse shows and dog shows and cat shows? <laughs> Are you an animal show person? Are you going to go to the racetrack and tie one on and while you're drunk bet on all the horses? Are you going to have alcohol in your home? Are you going to be um, a drug-free zone? These are all things to consider. You have to be compatible. I'm not going to judge you if you both decide that Friday night's the night for partying. You know that every Friday night forever you're going to get drunk together until you have kids. And even then you can hire a nanny. But if that's what you both want, go for it. You know, if you're going to smoke weed every night and watch Frasier and hold hands like I used to do with my with my husband for 13 years, that's an awesome idea, you know, if you're both on board with it. Are you going to have an open marriage or are you going to have a closed marriage? Lifestyle can include board games. Are you going to sit home every Thursday night? And that's going to be your board game night. And when you, when you have kids, you're going to buy board games that they can play. In, and you're going to have a family game night. It's a beautiful idea. I, I had a family game night with my kids. And my husband, we all got together and did that once a week. Before my kids came along, my, my husband and I would play um, Trivial Pursuit a couple times a week. Original and silver screen edition. <laughs> 
you know, since I, I write movies and he, his family worked in Hollywood for generations. It's it was cool. It was fun. You know, and what are you going to do together as a couple? Are you going to constantly go out or are you going to stay home and watch TV? Are you going to watch football together? Or maybe you don't like sports and, and she loves sports. You got to know this stuff. Are you going to read quietly on the couch together, the blanket shared between the two of you? Some of my sweetest uh, moments with my... Uh, husband who died was just spent reading books quietly together with soft music playing in the background or in the summer having the windows open and the birds of the forest would sing to us while we read (laughs) it's fun I I have a fantasy that I will have a little art studio set up and my twin flame and I will create art, we'll paint together. Probably, probably listening to music and drinking wine. For me, that's like the most romantic thing I can think of, and I've never done that with anybody. But it's something I'm ready for. I'm ready to start creating big pieces of art. I'm excited about that. And I've already started, by the way. <laughs> I've already started. I've got my... I've got three art projects going right now. And I hope to God he, my twin flame, also paints. Because I can't wait to get together and do that with him. And if you're going to watch TV or go out to the movies together, uh, what are you going to watch? Horror movies? You all go out and get scared constantly? Or if you can't stand gory horror movies and that's her her favorite, maybe that's not the right one for you. Or maybe you both are going to go see romantic comedies together. There's nothing wrong with a good rom-com. Why not? (laughs) So after you've had these huge discussions, and I've taken a half hour to discuss the discussions you can have, but that's a huge part of any relationship is to know this stuff. So once you decided that you're all very cozy and you're good to go and you have 80% in common or 75% in common and, and your differences that you're able to celebrate and you're able to live with the differences, you know, so say your partner is Jewish and he's going to want to hang out with his Jewish friends on, you know, on the Sabbath after, after temple. Are you okay with that? Sure, maybe that's your time to go hang with your girls or with your guys. You know, maybe that's the time. And what about that? Do you allow the other person to go out with people? Are you okay with that? Are you okay with your partner having friends of the opposite gender or former lovers as friends? Can you build a life based on trust and honesty if your partner doesn't keep secrets and you don't either that's what makes for a long term love relationship so I suggest 
after you get to know each other and you decide you moved on and now you're in a long-term loving relationship and everything's been worked out, I suggest that you have a love contract. You have to decide for yourself what goes into your love contract. For most people, a love contract is something that you both hand write up together. You agree on every point by point. And you write down all the reasons why you love each other in the beginning. What attracted you to each other in the beginning? I loved you for your uh, sense of humor. You get me. You laugh at my stupid jokes. You understand my references. I loved you because you were always kind and caring and ready with a smile when I really needed it. Because you intuitively know when uh, I needed a hug. Stuff like that. And you write down all the reasons why you love each other in a love contract. And then at the end, you talk about why you should never go to bed angry together. Why you deserve not to be angry and cause fights with each other. It's based on the love. True love does not get angry or boast. Go look in Corinthians. (laughs) It's in the majority of the weddings out there that I've been to. They talk about that part of the Bible. And if you're not Christian, uh, just go look up the love passages in Corinthians. You'll see what I mean. It's super special. It's, it's actually, you know, love is patient and kind. And it's not arrogant or boastful. You know, stuff like that. That's actually a huge guideline. It's a good guideline. A good thing to go by. So have your love contract. Keep it on your person. If you know, you're a man, keep it in your wallet. Or if you have a man bag, keep it with you. If you're a woman, keep it with you in your purse or in your backpack. Or messenger bag. And if you guys start an argument, pull out that love contract. Hand it to your partner. Before we go on with this fight, read this. We have a contract that we're not going to fight. We're going to work out everything. My husband and I did that for 13 years. It was really funny. We had the same piece of paper we hung around, or we carried around and hung around with us, this paper, this love contract. For, you know, the whole time we were together, 13 years. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It's, but it helped. It's a helpful, helpful tool. So I'm going to take a break now, and when I come back... I'm going to discuss uh, nightly rituals, morning rituals, and a system to avoid confrontation. Hello, I'm back. (laughs) So I'm going to discuss morning rituals first. 
You could start, if you're single, you can start doing this all on your own right now. First things first, wake up and you open your eyes. You look around the room. I want you to feel gratitude and say to yourself out loud, if you're comfortable with that or just internally, I am grateful to be alive. Thank you, universe or God or Allah, whoever you pray to, whoever is or whatever. Thank you, universe. Thank your higher self. I am grateful to be alive. Next thing, I love myself. I love my body and I love my life. You could even use a word that is not an official word like woo <laughs> or yeehaw or yahoo. <laughs> Give a shout out that shows the universe you are so freaking happy that you woke up. You're happy to be alive and you're grateful to be here. On, on this big blue green ball that's hurtling through the galaxy. That's the first part of your morning ritual. And if your partner, your beautiful partner is laying in bed next to you, you then turn your focus to your partner. And you don't have to say it out loud, but you have to say it to yourself. And you have to make a commitment every single day to this person. You don't make a commitment at the wedding and 20 years later recommit at the recommitment ceremony, if you have one. And in the meantime, you have a bunch of rocky road, horrible days. No, no, Decent, happy, beautiful, loving, heartfelt, genuine, sincere, open, and honest relationship. Every day you have to start off, watch your partner as they sleep. <laughs> they might be snoring with drool coming out of their mouth and their hair's all messy. Maybe they smell. And you have to say, today I choose to accept you. Today I choose to love you with all of my heart. And today I choose to take a deep breath and count to five before opening my mouth in anger. That's something you've said. Today, I will choose to see it from your side before I see it from my side. Today, I will anticipate your needs. Today, I will choose consciously to love you in every single moment we have together. Today, I will not take you for granted. I will not take this relationship for granted and I will not take this day for granted because Tomorrow may never come. Sorry, just that makes me cry because, well, it's what happened to me. So, I mean, my guy ended up going crazy and I had to leave him, but then he died of cancer and he had it in his brain. And you know that even though he knew this stuff that I just said, he didn't do it. And so he did not have a happy marriage. 
and I didn't find out till 10 years after the fact or 11 years after the fact and I had an extraordinarily perfect loving beautiful relationship <laughs> I pulled my weight in the relationship on the emotional and heart level my heart was open to him 100% anticipating his every need before he knew he needed it I considered his point of view before I considered my own but I never lost myself in the process and I always considered my own self as well but if both partners do this in a relationship you're gonna have <laughs> the adventure and thrill ride of a lifetime I guarantee it that's what I want it's what I want for you it's what I want for myself it's what I want for my partner I want him to be happy and you should want your partner for her to always be happy as well and I believe that it starts with the highest vibration on the planet gratitude I'm so grateful to be alive I'm so grateful you're here I'm grateful I woke up to you I'm grateful to be able to watch as your chest rises and falls heavily while you sleep I'm grateful that my feet can touch your feet at night and I know you're there I'm grateful to, I can, that I can hear your breathing it comforts me it brings me comfort you know just all the grateful things all the things you're grateful for so every morning wake up with an attitude of gratitude make wake up with that beauty and that joy and that love in your heart because that's what's gonna make this the best relationship you ever freaking had This is going to help you live with passion, style, and grace. And you have to commit every day. Not just once and then let yourself go. <laughs> Nightly rituals. Nightly rituals. Well, at night you have to forgive them for anything they said, did. <laughs> or idiotic thing that they didn't do forgot all right so he didn't take out the trash today and I had to lug it the trash up the hill okay fine you know <laughs> or I forgive him for not feeding the cat I forgive myself for getting angry over that one little thing you got to do an inventory take a self inventory every night what did I do that made it challenging or made it an obstacle to loving me? What, what, have I, what, have I, what obstacle did I put between my partner and myself? In what way was I unloving, not loving? In what way was I not trusting? In what way was I not trustworthy? Or in what way was I, you know? So you take a self-inventory. And you forgive yourself and you accept yourself and you move on from that and you love your partner no matter what you accept them you forgive them and you choose consciously to move on from anything that happened during the day that upset you 
If you guys are in an argument still, pull out that love contract and remember why you loved them, why you fell in love with them for the, in the first place. Not with a heavy heart, but with a humble heart shall you walk through this relationship. Through humility and deep and abiding love that puts the other first and they're putting you first. That's how your hearts are going to connect in the middle. <laughs> One of my favorite sayings, it might be a little overused now, and it's in decorish, decorations for a bedroom gosh, like 10 years ago, I think this became extremely popular. And it's, uh, I've seen people with this above their beds in stencils or in, in a, or a pillow on their bed. It says, always kiss me goodnight. Sweet, sexy, simple. Always kiss me goodnight. Well, you can't be arguing if you're kissing, right? <laughs> and you don't know if that person's ever going to wake up in the morning or not. I'm going to tell you a story that is both tragic and also hilarious all at once. My beautiful cousin, Marilyn, was one of my favorite people. She was in my birth family. And she had gotten, she had contracted cancer and she battled it for a long time, but she was very positive in attitude, one of the funniest people I ever met. And I miss her every day. And she was my birth mother's best friend. They talked on the phone every day for hours. Your best friend since they were kids. And her husband in time also got cancer. So they were both very sick and they're both always trying to take care of each other. And they were always at, at odds in opposition with each other, but that created the passion and the ignition and spark between them. They were always arguing, but they never went to bed angry, but they both got sick during uh, one particularly cold winter in Anaheim where they lived. They lived real close to Disneyland. And they and they had this argument. I mean, well, I mean, they both were very sick, and they were having this argument because they were sick with a like a cold, a normal, a normal common cold. When you have cancer, your immune system is working overtime to defeat the cancer, and it makes you susceptible to other uh, things that are going on, and especially if you start to get radiation and allopathic treatments, it can leave you very weak and vulnerable in your immune system. So they both had cancer and they're both scared to death. They were going to die of cancer, <laughs> but this particular night they had, they each had a really bad cold and Don, her husband was, he was coughing and he was coughing and coughing and coughing and coughing and coughing. And it was driving Marilyn crazy because she would just about get ready to drift off to sleep when, <laughs> and, and 
<laughs> forgive me for swearing, but this is exactly what her words were to him. Don, can you just shut the fuck up already? <sighs> oh, and in the morning he was dead. <laughs> it's horrible, but it's so sad. And, and she told me the story. She told me the story and she started laughing and she said, I know he just died to spite me just in that moment, just so that my last words to him can be, can you shut the fuck up already? <laughs> and they didn't normally talk to each other that much, that badly. Like they would argue, but then they'd always make it up. But they sometimes would joke with each other, but she was in such a bad mood because she was so sick. And they're, they both have passed now. They both are probably laughing their butts off in heaven about this one. But you know what? You never know when your partner just won't wake up in the morning. You know, I don't want to put a damper on, on the, this idea, but you have to always know that there's a chance they're not going to come home from work that day because there was an accident or something can happen. Anything can happen. Don't ever take your partner for granted because you just don't know. So let every goodbye be with a kiss and a smile and an I love you that's heartfelt and genuine. Let every good night be the same way. Let every morning be filled with love and gratitude because you just don't know. This might be your last day on earth. You don't want your last words to be angry towards them. Don't ever let them go to work while you're angry with each other. If you need to put a pin in it and continue the argument later, do that. Always say you love each other, even in the middle of an argument. You're really pissing me off right now, but I really love you. I'm never going to stop loving you, but I'm kind of really mad at you right now. That's okay to be in love and angry at the same time. Love uh, is pure and uncomplicated, but relationships can be very complicated and complex and varied and messy sometimes. But you have to keep your humility about you. You got to keep integrity. Don't ever cheat. If there's room to cheat, you don't have a real relationship. Get out of it. Build up trust and keep the trust forever. Don't ever say you're going to do something and then not do it. Yes, honey, I'll take out the trash tomorrow. Four days later, the trash is still there. You just broke trust with that person. The better thing to say is, I am planning to take the trash out tomorrow, but I'm not sure I can get to it because I will be busy. Or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be about the trash. That's a typical, that's a weird and typical argument. <laughs> but, um, you know, because people have trash service and the trash gets picked up on a certain day. And you have to wait two weeks before you can get your trash picked up. Otherwise, and it smells and it can attract rodents and bugs and Sasquatch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe not Sasquatch. I'm sure he eats nuts and berries and probably not trash. <laughs> Sorry, Sasquatch. If you're listening, 
so another one of my most favorite things is uh, sayings, quotes from Marilyn Monroe, who is not my cousin. But I think she's a soul friend. I think if I get to heaven, she's one of my friends. I always hope that's the case. But Marilyn Monroe is known for saying, well, okay, first of all, she would say, uh, someone asked her, what do you wear to bed, Marilyn? And she said, Chanel number five. <laughs> Implying that that's all she wears. And the other thing that she said was, who said nights were for sleeping? <laughs> well, I couldn't agree more, Marilyn. I'm also a night owl. Sun's coming up. It's time for me to go to bed. I keep vampires hours. <laughs> or European hours. I don't know. <laughs> but who said nights are for sleeping? Well, she's got a point. Making love is very important. Doesn't always have to end in intercourse. Making love can be holding hands. Making love can be kissing or spending an intimate moment. Eating a piece of cheesecake and looking into each other's eyes longingly, like, like sad teenagers. <laughs> uh, I apologize to any teenagers listening to this. That's just a, that's like a stereotype. So sorry about that. <laughs> but moments of intimacy is very are very very important. Sexuality is very important. You don't have to do it every night, but you should have a pretty regular schedule. You should not want to. Um, you should not want to uh, put it off for too long. You know, if, if if you decide, well, I'm spiritual and I'm never going to have sex again as long as I live. Well, it's probably time for divorce if that's true, or marriage counseling first. Don't ever put your partner through that. That's that's bullshit. That's a load of bullshit. Okay. Don't ever uh, hold. Don't ever use sex as a weapon. If you're in an argument, but it's time for intimacy. If you have like you know <laughs> intimate Thursdays, <laughs> put a pin in it. Argue later. Argue on Friday. Pull out your love contract. Get through the argument quickly. Forgive the other person rapidly. But have a have a, a regular schedule in which you uh, make love. And it doesn't have to be scheduled. It doesn't have to be regulated and regimented like, you know, my Virgo self wants. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not really. I mean, I'm I'm really it should it should be spontaneous and beautiful. But make sure that it's you never go more than a week without having some sort of an intimacy between you. And if you're not good in bed, there's manuals, there's books, there's classes, there's online video tutorials. Avail yourself of some information and ask your partner what he or she likes, what he or she wants, and be willing to compromise a little bit on that. <laughs> compromise on the compromising positions. <laughs> You know, get a little crazy, you know, say you want it one way every night. Fine. But what if your partner wants to be wild? Okay. So once a week or once a month, you're wild. What if your partner wants it way, 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 way too much? 
and you don't want it that much, you got to work that out. And, and I might have it, you know, room for, uh, if you guys ever need a counseling session, I can do that. I can talk to you about, um, ideas sexually. I don't want to put this on it on a, one of my podcast episodes, but it's kind of beyond the scope of what this, uh, podcast theme is of being spiritual but having a deep loving abiding faithful relationship with each other it can be a very spiritual experience so it's why i'm including it plus it's a month of love <laughs> so that's why we're here doing it now so now that you've got your nightly rituals and your sex uh, life sorted out at least you know you will you will don't worry about it. You'll get there. Now, after you have your morning rituals and your nightly rituals, what about the surprises and the beauty, beautiful things you could do for each other? I, I'm reminded of um, a really sweet thing I saw in a movie. It was a, a new, newlywed couple. The, the woman, it's old-fashioned, black-and-white 50s movie. Very traditional roles traditional gender roles and it was a sexist movie and I look back but I always thought this kind of thing was sweet when the man he's a construction worker and he's going off to work and the woman is a stay-at-home mother and wife and she writes love letters and puts it in his lunch pail it's really sweet I don't expect any of you listening to this to even have anything remotely close to that sexist age-old stereotype but why not write in lipstick on the mirror I love you you know why not um, you know have little surprises have them come home to a hundred paper cranes hanging from the ceiling and you're serving Chinese food you know my first husband is very good at that romantic stuff he was a freaking master at this like seriously, he could teach classes. I'd come home from a hard day at work and um, there'd be rose petals leading to the bathroom. And, and then I'd get into the bathroom, there'd be a champagne leading for me in a bubble bath. <laughs> and he'd have the TV and the VCR back when we all had VCRs. He'd have it all queued up to my favorite TV show. And he'd say, you know, honey, you deserve a, a break and always be treated well. Stuff like that. It's romantic. It's sweet. doesn't have to be that elaborate, though. You know, like slipping someone a little fortune cookie and you, you, you put your own little note in it. You know, handing them a little rock and saying, keep this in your pocket. And every time your hand goes in your pocket and you feel that little rock, you could be reminded of how much uh, I'm thinking about you. And I can't wait to get you back home. Again, I can't wait to be with you, to love you again, to make love to you again. Stuff like that. Little teeny tiny things like that. You know, on a hot summer day, making them uh, their favorite lemonade. Little stuff like that, man, that will keep you in the most beautiful, loving, long-term relationship you can imagine. But, you know, sometimes... There's trouble in paradise. <laughs> I don't mean paradise, California, although there was a lot of trouble in paradise two months ago. God rest. 
those people's souls who died and God bless the people who are trying to rebuild. But anyway, get away from that topic. <laughs> so it's good to have a system. <laughs> Put this in your notebook, your relationship notebook. It's good to have a system to avoid confrontation. Set up a regular cleaning schedule. Figure out what your jobs are going to be each. Maybe your partner is going to do all of the cooking and you're to do all the cleaning. Ah, that's not fair. Don't do that. Don't ever do it like that. So when it comes to cleaning the house, are you, you know, you guys should have a schedule. This will help to avoid confrontation as long as you absolutely know you're going to stick to the schedule. If you know you're going to want all of your weekends completely free and unencumbered so you can keep yourself open to plans, maybe every Thursday night will be your cleaning night. You'll order pizza and you'll play music and dance around the house happily with joy. And maybe you, you know, this week you dust, and next week your partner dusts. You know, this week your partner vacuums, and next week it's your turn to run the vacuum. Or whatever, I don't know what your chores are in your home. But if you have a chore list of what to do, and you just trade off every week, you know, it's your, your turn to clean the toilets this week, and your partner's turn next week. Or maybe you have a maid. That's the best case scenario, right? You don't have to spend your time at all doing that. So maybe you don't have a cleaning schedule because you just got your maid coming. And maybe the light cleaning is just doing the dishes. Who's going to empty the dishwasher with the clean, put the clean dishes away? Who's going to, you know, et cetera, et cetera. In my home, I am the dishwasher. <laughs> there isn't a dishwasher in this house, in this apartment. It's so sad. I miss, I miss having my North American problems in which I ran out of dishwasher and soap, and maybe it's maybe I could take a chance and put a little bit of uh, hand liquid soap in there. <laughs> I miss those those uh, first world problems. You know, now it's like I, I wash the dishes, I dry them on the rack, I've got to wait a couple hours because I'm too lazy to use a towel. <laughs> I kid myself and say air drying is better just because I'm a little lazy and then I've got to do another load of dishes because my rack is super small. Wait a minute. My rack isn't super small. The dishwasher, the dish rack is super small. <laughs> Okay, I'm recording this extremely early in the morning, so I have a whole day free for my kid today. <laughs> we have some plans <laughs> later, so I didn't want to go, oh, I got to get home real quick to do my show. So, <laughs> sorry about the punch drunkenness again. <laughs> so, in order to avoid confrontation with your partner, we'll let the... <laughs> You let the sirens pass. 
<laughs> that was fun timing. <laughs> so in order to avoid confrontation with your partner and to have a, a long-term loving, beautiful relationship, you have to have a system for everything. Like maybe every uh, Wednesday is when you're going to change your bed sheets. And every other week, it's your turn to pick up the dry cleaning if you have any. Who's going to do the laundry, you know? Take turns doing the laundry. Or do the laundry together and play music loud on a Saturday and have fun. I mean, my favorite way to clean is to have a lot of music on loudly, dancing around, acting crazy and fun and smiling a lot, laughing, or I listen to my favorite podcast. If it's in the evening, I don't have loud music because I live with other people in, in the building, but I'll put my podcast um, in a, a big glass pitcher on my counter. That way I can't splash my phone with water while I'm cleaning the counters and washing the dishes and whatever. And, you know, I have podcasts I listen to also, not just the one I make. You know, I listen to stories about history or um, other spiritual podcasts, you know, paranormal stuff. Old Art Bell episodes. Sometimes I put on a YouTube video on my phone. I don't have to watch it. I just listen to it. But what is your cleaning style, too? That's another thing. I mean, my ex hated to clean, and he'd get so angry. He would get angry that the place needed to be cleaned, and then he'd get angry he had to clean. And he'd end up super, super angry. But when it was done, he'd be like, oh, I feel better now. And then he would just go out for ice cream, take the kids to the the uh, dam and walk around the lake. And I'd just be, like, perplexed. Why couldn't you have made that a happy occasion? Oh, because I hate to clean. Well, so do I. That's why I make it happy, you know? <laughs> and we never could make that work. It was just one of those weird things that just was like, nah, I want to be fun and funky and, you know, maybe learn a, a country line dancing song. And as I'm sweeping line dance across the damn room, I mean, <laughs> it's it makes life fun. But that's me. I'm a Hayoka shaman. I like to have things fun and funny and laughing and joking constantly not constantly but a lot you know lighten the mood enlighten yourself but in order to avoid confrontation you have to have several systems in place you have to have the cleaning system whether it's a maid or you guys doing it yourself and how are you gonna do it you know like, if you can only clean with loud, loud music and, and she can only clean when it's very solemn and quiet, then maybe you could clean at separate times when the other one's not there. That way you can avoid confrontation, right? Sleeping is a good one. What time are you going to go to bed? Are you going to go to bed together? Are you okay with uh, you going to bed at 9 at night and your partner staying up till 1 or 2 in the morning? have a confrontation free life when your partner says it's time to go to bed and you are in the middle of something if you can't put it off right now set an alarm for 15 minutes and stick to it 
tell your partner, I will be in bed in 15 minutes. Don't ever go to bed angry. Don't ever let your partner feel like you're taking um, him or her for granted. You don't want them to feel that way. You want them to always know that they come first in your life. Even if that's not really truly how you prioritize, and that's okay. We'll go over personality types later in another episode. But you have to let them know that they're important. Even if they're third on the list, they still have to be important to you and feel that way. And one way you show your partner is to go to bed on time with them. Be there with them. Put your arms around them as they fall asleep. And vice versa, they have to be there for you when if you go to bed early. In order to avoid confrontation, you have to work that out. If you're okay with having completely separate hours, that's okay. But you got to have it almost maybe in the in a love contract or in your notebook, your relationship notebook. What is the day you're going to do the laundry? Who's going to pick up the dry cleaning this week? Don't forget. Don't forget this stuff. Have an alarm on your phone. What about food? You know? Not only what are you going to eat, but how and where? Are you a formal dining room sort of eater or an outdoor backyard patio barbecue sort of eater? (laughs) You know, where in the house you're going to eat? Maybe only for holidays you're going to eat in the formal dining room. Maybe you're just going to eat at the, the bar in the kitchen. If you have one, you know, I like those are things if you... You talk about it in advance and you want to avoid confrontation. You know, every morning you can eat breakfast together. Avoid confrontation by having a plan in advance what's going to happen. You know, I've had relationships in the past where we plan out all of our meals for the week on a Sunday for the following week. Or, or we'll have the, you know, the meals planned out like on Saturday we'll you know go for over breakfast we go over what we're going to do for the following week you know especially when I had a relationship in which we were both bodybuilders and we had to hit the gym so we had to have you know high protein diets because we're trying to pack on the muscle I mean I did that when I was really young and we had a plan we stuck with it we went shopping together and then we'd always go out to eat to, to reward ourselves every Saturday <laughs> and we plan our, our meals for the week because we're both super busy. I was busy all day. He was working all night. But we made it work for, well, six years. So when it comes to vacations, you know, you have to have a system. This is my year to plan it for us. It's going to be a huge surprise. Or we're going to plan it together. Who's going to pay for the vacation? Cruises are expensive. If that's your vacation, that's expensive. Flights are expensive. You know, so if you have a system to avoid confrontation in every possible area of your life, especially spiritual life, you know, if it's time for 
for her to meditate to find God. Maybe it's not time for him to run the lawnmower outside of the meditation room. <laughs> Have a system to avoid confrontation. You can even use, uh, take a chapter from the book of Kabbalah. On one side is wisdom and on the other side is understanding. You know, and you walk that middle path to be at peace and non-confrontational in your life. You know, if you, if you uh, have a dog and you uh, have an understanding that every time you walk that dog on a leash that it's going to go crazy because that's the nature of the dog, you're not going to be angry at it when it goes crazy on the leash. You don't set yourself up for emotional failure. <laughs> you know, you have that with, you know, and then you use, use your knowledge, your understanding of the nature of the beast. And you take that and turn that into real wisdom. With the knowledge, you turn that into wisdom. So maybe you have a shorter leash. I mean, if you're walking dog, not your partner, <laughs> but wisdom and understanding, you know, like if you understand that your partner came home at three in the morning and he has to be somewhere at seven in the morning, you, and you know that if, if uh, he misses one minute of sleep, he's going to be excessively angry, <laughs> you know, mangry. Then you use that and, and you turn that into wisdom. And you know that it's wise not to wake him. It's, it's wise to keep the curtains drawn during those hours and the music off if you're wide awake. And you do everything in your power to make sure that not only you're comfortable, but your partner is comfortable as well. And that's basically it. Have a system for everything to avoid confrontation. Cleaning, sleeping, food, laundry, vacation, spiritual life, lifestyle at home. Have a system. So don't forget your, your love contract, your morning rituals, your nightly rituals, your systems to avoid confrontation, your relationship notebook, and above all, Remember that love starts with uh, yourself. Self-love. Get to know each other through many, many discussions. And that, my dears, is how you have a long-term loving, successful, fulfilling, long-term love relationship. And with that... <laughs> walking the path of wisdom and understanding, walking in the middle road. I am signing off with peace and joy and love <laughs> and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Yeah. Until next time.
Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.